0: understanding making
1: connections
2: good afternoon this is indigo radio deepening understanding making connections on the air every sunday at noon we are a group of educators seeking to learn through engaging with others in our community and throughout the world You can find us on Facebook at Indigo Radio, as well as Instagram. This is WVEWLP Brattleboro, 107.7 FM, your community radio station. Also streaming online, uh, in the future, we'll be streaming at WVEW.org. So sit tight and wait for January. Um, The views and opinions expressed on this program are those of the host and guests and not of the radio station. So we're here in the studio with Lauren Pearlstein and Becca Polk and Corey Sorensen, and I'm Marisa Nielsen. Um, Today's show will be discussing the legacy of colonization and whether or not Columbus should be celebrated as a hero. Um, And we'll be featuring young people from Guilford and Springfield, Vermont.
3: So um, let's start out the show with one of my students, Olivia, who is... Um, She actually prepared a, a written statement to play on the air.
4: Columbus Day means taking over land, cheap labor, slavery, taking raw materials and resources, opening new materials to sell goods. If the Europeans had never found land, we wouldn't be here today. But there wouldn't be slavery to the Indians, Navajos, Hopis, and Mayans, and they would still have their land. We came here and took everything they had. We tricked them and stole their gold and oil. If the Europeans hadn't come before, they would have come sooner or later. The world became divided by rich and poor because most of the poor are the natives. Columbus Day was about, and still is about, the Europeans first finding America when it was actually the natives but no one knew about them because they burned all their books. The Europeans didn't know what the book said, but told people it contained...
2: So that was part of uh, Becca's student, Olivia's interview. And um, we had a couple technical difficulties, but we will play the rest in a moment.
3: Um, Becca, do you want to talk a little bit about what you've been teaching first? Sure. Um, we're opening up U.S. history talking about, um, the indigenous people of the Americas and, um, what their lives were like, uh, before Europeans came and kind of looking at some of the myths or the misinformation that young people are taught. So we looked a lot at what's the dominant narrative of Native Americans and what's the evidence that we have um, and whether or not it proves that wrong. Um, And so it's getting kids to look at primary source documents but also look at the lives of Native American people today because one of the myths that I think young people, everyone is taught but from a young age is that um, even if Native Americans are honored it's something of the past, and they're talked about as something that happened in people of the past rather than a uh, society and culture that is thriving today as well. Great. Yeah.
2: And Becca, you and Lauren and Corey and I are all part of the SPARK Teacher Education Program, um, where we also work to educate ourselves as educators mm-hmm. and um, future teachers um, and part of that is having teachers plan a lesson about Columbus um, and and choosing a side.
3: Do yeah. You... I mean, I think this is so crucial that it's the beginning of a teacher training program because, for me, the narrative around Columbus is really a foundation for a lot of our thinking. If you use the word discover um, to describe what Columbus did, It sets the stage for justifying the continued um, mistreatment of people of color and poor people um, and um, allows for a narrative that justifies wars for continued expansion that are happening today. Whereas if you understand Columbus um, as the story of Columbus as an invasion and a genocide, um, it changes the way you view the world. And so for teachers to have to work through their own thoughts before they go and teach, whether or not you talk about Columbus, it seems like a really important distinction for people to be able to make in their own heads. Wonderful. Thank you. Um, We're going to go
2: back to Olivia's interview. Olivia, the student of Becca Polk at Springfield.
4: Columbus Day means taking over land, cheap labor, slavery, taking raw materials and resources, opening new materials to sell goods. If the Europeans had never found land, we wouldn't be here today. But there wouldn't be slavery to the Indians, Navajos, Hopis, and Mayans, and they would still have their land. We came here and took everything they had. We tricked them and stole their gold and oil. If the Europeans hadn't come before, they would have come sooner or later. The world became divided by rich and poor because most of the poor are the natives. Columbus Day was about, and still is about, the Europeans first finding America when it was actually the natives. But no one knew about them because they burned all their books. The Europeans didn't know what the books said, but told people it contained words of the devil. But I think they knew what the books said and that they knew the books were important, but burned them because then the Natives and the Mayans would be thought of as savage. The Mayans, Navajos, Hopi, and all the Natives had colonies and government, but if the Europeans made it look like they were lower down, they could take control. Maybe they knew that the Natives were better and didn't want that to be so, so they took control and made it so they looked savage, so it didn't look like a crime to kill them. When we celebrate Columbus Day, we are celebrating all the lies and the crimes the Europeans did and told. Yes, it's true that the world wasn't the same when the Europeans stepped into America, but it wasn't for the good, in the good way. They stole everything from the natives and destroyed their religious sites. And if the natives didn't follow the Europeans' religion, they were thought of as savages and were killed. Before we came, all of America had native land. Nowadays, only 4% of America is still Native land, and we're still eating away at it. Long story short, we weren't the first ones here, the Natives were, so it should be not Columbus Day.
3: So that was uh, Olivia, who's an 8th grader in Springfield, Vermont, and she gathered that information she, um, from the things that we'd been learning in class so, we're going to go to a quick song break, America Latina by Calle Trece. And the uh, lyrics are saying that you can't buy um, the, the land, you can't buy my happiness, you can't buy the material things around us.
5: Buenos dias a todos los amables oyentes en esta de su radio, Indiraid. Aja Puerto Rico nasiuman
6: tapa
3: So, you're listening to Indigo Radio on WVEWLP Brattleboro 107.7, your community radio station. Today, we're discussing the legacy of colonization, um, but also the question around should Columbus be celebrated as a hero? Um, that you were just listening to. Latino America uh, by Calle Trece, and it's talking about um, the resistance of people throughout Latin America, Um, particularly in resistance to this idea that the sun and the rain and the clouds can be bought, and I think that ties in well to the legacy of colonization that everything is for sale, everything is for profit. Um so we're going to go now to um a voice another voice from Springfield. This is Gabby and she's going to be um it kind of shows an example of the conversations that teachers are having with young people in the classroom. So Thanks for doing the interview with me, Gabby. Yeah. <laughs> so tell me a little bit about what your thoughts are about celebrating Columbus Day.
8: I don't think it should be called Columbus Day, but maybe Discovery Day.
3: Why do you think it should be called Discovery Day?
8: Because they found America, but it wasn't, It's it shouldn't be just about Columbus. Because what about the other great things? People don't get a holiday about that.
3: Mm-hmm. Let me ask you a question specifically about finding. Finding. If I come in the room and I pick up your backpack and I say, I found this. What would you think? It was like, you did find it, but it's been there. But it's been there. (laughs) And you knew about it before I knew about it. Yeah. So what if I then claim it and say everything in it now is mine? No. Why not?
8: Because it was mine and my parents paid for it.
3: <laughs> <laughs> so how did, do you think that connects to what Columbus did when he came to the Americas? Well,
8: he took over the land and, I don't know what they're called, Native Americans. Yeah. yeah. Native Americas. Um, they fought. They didn't just sta- sit there and, like, say, okay. They fought for their land. Mm-hmm. And they were peaceful. And the Europeans just decided, hey, we're going to take over this land. You can take this tiny bit of land, and we're taking more of their lands even
3: right now. Yeah. So how does this connect to what's happening today around some of the things we've studied with Native Americans? The taking of the lands. The uh, taking of the lands. About
8: that pipeline and their water thing.
3: Yeah, describe that a little bit more. What's
8: happening? Uh, The people decided they didn't want the pipeline, but as soon as Trump became president, he decided, we're doing this pipeline right now.
3: Mm. So you're talking about Standing Rock and the Dakota Access Pipeline? Yeah. Yeah. Are there other examples of Native Americans being kicked off their land for resources?
8: Yes, but I forgot what it was called.
3: (laughs) (laughs) We watched a film about it. You want to describe what we saw?
8: The rainbow thing? Um, Sure. Basically, they're they're sad because they're trying their hardest to keep their land, but the government or whatever, they keep on saying, hey, we're going to take this land, and you have nothing to say for it, even though... They were
3: there 1st mm. So that's 500 years later. Yeah. So what message do you think it sends when we celebrate someone who caused the destruction of entire peoples and killed them and enslaved them? I don't like the message. <laughs> <laughs> you don't like the message? No. What do you want people to know?
8: Um... He did kind of find it for the Europeans, but the Native Americans already knew it was there.
3: Mm
9: -hmm.
8: I don't know.
3: So that was just an example of conversations being had with middle schoolers in Springfield, Vermont. And it's interesting how um, you hear messages about Columbus and Discovery, but when you ask students about the for lack of a better word, the logic of that, they quickly see that, no, this wasn't a discovery.
2: Mm. Yeah, and Gabby and you talked about a couple different things. I mean, one is the story that's told um, and telling whose story gets told and whose history gets told. And the other is about resources and the conditions um, of where the resources go go and who owns those resources and and there are so many connections that we can make to today just like gabby did when she talked about broken rainbow which is a film we all highly recommend uh, you watch i'm thinking about um puerto rico um Mm. currently and resources and the um taking over of land um there are so many parallels that we can draw where the resources are taken over by the elite and um, the people are exploited. Mm.
3: Yeah, one of the lines in Broken Rainbow actually is um, that the Indians have been paying for the white man's greed ever since the arrival of Columbus. And so students in one of their uh, assessments linked that quote, to, or like explained what that quote means using examples of what's happening to, what it was happening to the Navajo and still is today um, around the Black Mesa.
2: So we're going to go to another uh, two-students interview, Elijah and Emily, also students of Becca at Springfield.
3: So thank you all for joining me for the interview today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you know that this weekend is a holiday called Columbus Day, and I was wondering what your all's thoughts about are about Celebrating Columbus on an official holiday.
0: I don't think it should be um, celebrated because it's not really something to celebrate because the, the legacy he left isn't a good one. He came and killed a bunch of people and it shouldn't be celebrated.
10: Yeah, it shouldn't be celebrated because basically he came in, invaded... Invaded the Americas and claimed it as his own land, took the wealth, and, yeah.
3: Now, what do you mean he invaded and took the wealth? How did Europeans take the wealth of the Americas?
10: They came in with uh, ships, uh, guns, superior weapons, and they just came in, said, trade with us or die, basically.
3: What else happened during colonization like the beginning of colonization in, in the Euro, in the Americas.
7: Um,
0: well, they came and they took what was important, and they started slaving people, and
3: yeah. So that the fact that they wanted the land and the resources, is that something that is still happening today?
10: Oh, yeah, heck yeah. There's um, Native American uh, reservations that are now being attacked because of their um, energy that could be used, uranium, natural gas, oil, all kinds of different things, coal, um, that are underneath Native American reservations that people are like, hey, it's under there, why not take it?
0: Mm -hmm. And now, like, it's a lot of people don't hear about it because the country doesn't want to share the flaws that, like, we have created. Like, the government doesn't, like, they want to take this stuff and they want it to just get away with it without any punishment.
3: So you're saying that we get a false message of what's happening?
0: Very often, yes.
3: And so what do you think people should know about, like, what do you think people should know or be thinking about this weekend during the quote-unquote holiday of Columbus.
10: They should be thinking about um, how the Native Americans were affected while Columbus was colonizing America.
0: Also, like, how like, everybody who had lost their lives because this man's greed took over and he dehumaned all these people that so were here first.
3: Mm-hmm. But also the resistance that...
10: Yeah, the How have three...
3: Native Americans resisted? Like, throughout time, not just... Oh, uh, you know?
10: like there was a 300-year resistance. I can't remember the exact number of the Native Americans who resisted, but it was a 300-year resistance against superior weapons and superior force. It's a while.
3: hmm
0: Now it's also just like non-violent things at all just standing in places and then they get acted on with violence for standing.
3: Are you thinking of a specific example? Um,
0: A couple like there was the the pipelines that happened and I saw somewhere I saw a video of people just standing in a swat um, team was coming in like throwing people to the ground mm,
10: yeah I don't I don't understand why our country is so violent like they're, oh they're standing big whoop why why do we have to send in military, SWAT, police to then throw them on the ground arrest them for standing and peacefully protesting for what is right
3: mm. do you see that as connected to Columbus yeah yeah in what ways?
0: Like he, he wanted something, so he did what it took to get it, even though these people were pretty much peaceful for the most part. Yeah.
3: So it's like the people acting to continue to take the resources from Native Americans are part of the legacy of colonization. Would you say? Yeah. Yeah. Anything else you want the? people listening on the radio to know or think about?
0: Um, well, we're all human. That's doesn't matter who. Like, it doesn't matter any of our mental thoughts, our, our physical bodies or anything. We're all human, and we're, we've always been that way. We're always going to be that way. So don't waste your time trying to get people to change because they can't always. Most of the time, they can't.
3: But I think we're changing all the time the more information that we get. The more yeah. we know, the more we change. Yeah. yeah.
10: And always you should always stand up for what is right and what you believe is right and what is yours because, well, it's not fair if someone's just going to come in, take your stuff, and be like, this is our stuff now. It's just not fair.
3: Thank you all so much.
10: You're welcome.
2: That was uh, Elijah and Emily, two students of Becca Polk at Springfield, Vermont. Um, and I, I just I really enjoyed listening to them uh, work through their thoughts and clearly um, use the resources that Becca has brought to the classroom. Um, we're all working through our own understanding and
3: ideas, and it's just a very beautiful process. Mm-hmm. I mean, one thing, when they were talking about the taking wealth, Um, that Europe took the wealth from the Americas. Um, And one thing that really stuck out to the students is that um, how much gold and silver were taken. So from 1503 to 1660, 185,000 kilos of gold and 16 million kilos of silver. And so there's this question of what if Europe had to pay back that debt? And I think it, again, talks about Um, the debt of countries who were colonized today having to pay Europe and the World Bank and the International Monetary Fund, and people saying, wait a second, but maybe the loan that you took should be paid back. Mm -hmm. The things that you stole, well, how much money would that be worth today? (laughs) So we're going to go to a song
2: break. It will be uh, Standing with Standing Rock, and we'll come back after that break.
11: after all the lies after making every effort to deny that history is happening That it isn't in the past That the Indian wars continue That Ishii was not the last After building all the pipelines After spraying all the gas After desecrating graveyards And being told they shall not pass After shooting all the horses After driving in with tanks After sending in the dogs With soldiers in their ranks They're standing up At Standing Rock water after all the famine after killing all the buffalo after taking all the salmon after taking all the water to slurry all the coal after mining the uranium from a million giant holes after stealing and lynching shooting people as they dance after trying hard to make sure there'd be no second chance after declaring Indian country to be one big sacrifice zone at no point ever trying to acknowledge or atone they're standing up at Standing Rock the cities ransacked, after all the cities burned, after all the centuries when almost no one even learned that these towns ever existed. Up and down the coast, up and down the Mississippi, leaving colonists to boast this land is our land now. A new homeland for the white After all the missionaries Taking children in the night After all the slaughter After centuries of theft Watch the people riding To defend what's left They're standing up At Standing Rock They're standing up Standing Rock
2: Rock That was Standing with Standing Rock. Uh, this is Indigo Radio. Uh, we are educators deepening understanding, making connections. We're on the air every Sunday at noon, and we seek to learn through engaging with others in our community and throughout the world. You can find us on Facebook, at Indigo Radio, as well as Instagram. Uh, my name is Marisa Nielsen. I'm here with Becca Polk, Corey Sorensen, and Lauren Perlstein, all teachers in the area. Um, and Becca has been playing some interviews that she's done with her students at Springfield.
3: Mm-hmm. And so this next interview is by a student named Clark, and he is um, working through some of his ideas of the legacy of colonization and what it means as connected to race in this country. So let's go to the interview with him. us On the radio today. Yo! Um, I'm wondering if you could start by talking <coughs> about the what you think the legacy of colonization. So thanks for joining us on the radio today. So, thanks for joining. So, we're just going to go um, to thinking about, um, maybe, Marisa, you can talk a little bit about the construction of whiteness, and we'll come back to Clark's interview in a moment. Sure. Um, So, we have
2: been running a study group called the construction of whiteness. Um, it's run in Brattleboro, Bellows falls, and now at Antioch. Um, it's a four week series and we meet once a week for a couple hours to talk about, um, whiteness and how whiteness is a social construct, um, as well as a reality. Um, so in the study group so far, we've been talking about, um, the history of this country um, who built this, uh, the empire and who controls it. Um, we've learned about, um, the Irish we've learned about, um, indentured servitude. Um, and so far the, in the first couple of weeks, we've been teasing out this idea of, um, how did race become constructed? Um, ideas that have been new to a lot of people. Um, I think that one of the most important readings was a reading called how the Irish became white. Um, that for a lot of people really, um, uh, got them to understand how race, uh, was constructed because of, um, the ruling class's fear of being overpowered. Um, so people were, um, People were a little surprised to know that certain privileges were awarded to Irish and not, um, the enslaved people from Africa. Um, that they, the white indentured servants were asked to be on the, um, policing committee. What is it called? Becca? I'm blanking That's right slave now. Slave patrols. Slave patrols. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Um, so we also last time did, uh, a whiteness timeline so identifying s- several moments in history where um this whiteness has been created um for the purpose of serving the the elite mm.
3: and you know um what's amazing about the interview that you're just about to hear is that this student is connecting race to Columbus without much prior conversation this year it's something we did last year Looking at um, humans originated in Africa, and we're all connected back to our like great 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 times whatever grandmother, <laughs> um, and how um, people. It, it's a lot of it was about the how race is not scientific or biological, um, but then the challenge is helping students understand especially white students, that racism is still real, even if race is something that was constructed. Mm. So. Difficult for grownups as well. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm wondering if this, people talk a lot about like, age appropriateness, <laughs> And as an elementary school teacher yourself, I'm wondering if these are conversations that you would also have in your classroom. Definitely.
2: Um, We have them at different times of the year, I would say, um, depending on where it fits in our curriculum. But um, I think that there is always a way to talk about um, who owns the resources and who owns the capital and who works um, and how, our understanding of that can either work for liberation or for continued oppression. Um, I don't use those words with fourth graders, but um, I think choosing books, um, picture books and novels for our literature circles, um, incorporating it into the social studies and science that we do. Um, In fourth grade, we do a science unit on our changing earth, um, and we do a long history of that and tie it to our social studies, um, unit on Vermont history. And I think that, um, there's always ways that you can incorporate this using different words, um, because this is a lived reality for people everywhere. Um, and to think that we should be sheltering our children from this reality is wrong. Um, and teachers need to take a side.
3: Mm, Thank you. So here's Clark's interview So this weekend is a holiday known as Columbus Day. Do you think that we should be celebrating Columbus?
12: No, because it wasn't Columbus who even discovered the place where we made the 13 colonies. And to be honest, if anything, it should be called Indigenous Peoples Day because, it's a, because they were here before us why can't we celebrate the day we discovered another r- group of people? Because they aren't a different race. I mean, isn't race just something we use as labels? Mm, yeah, say more about that. And to. I know I switched tracks really quickly here, but. Races are just a figment of what we created. We aren't actually different races. We're all the same. It's the only thing that separates us is our personalities, our culture, our skin color, how we act. It's all those. And if you were to add all those, if you were to look at a certain group of people all from what we call the same race, they would probably all usually be different. Mm -hmm. So you could probably classify everyone in a particular race, in quotes, into a whole, like, billions and billions of different races depending on the way we act, all the things I listed before.
3: Mm-hmm.
12: It's, it's messed up. Mm-hmm. I just don't get it.
3: Mm. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. So again, I'm just so impressed with his critical thinking and the. Um, it's one thing that I love working with kids because they're not they their thinking process is up uh, up front and apparent whereas like adults are a little bit more afraid to hide the that there are things that are confusing based on what we see in the world um, versus what we're told is happening in the world and I feel like Clark uh, demonstrates a great example of thinking through some of those confusions and trying to make sense of the world around so we're gonna go to a song by burning spear it's called christopher columbus so you're listening to indigo radio on 107.7 fm brattleboro's community radio station that was burning spear the song is christopher columbus and he's saying, Christopher says that he's the first one who discovered Jamaica, and I say, what about the Arawak Indians and the few black men who were around here before him? Um, So it's just bringing up really, I think, the essence of the argument around abolishing Columbus Day and changing it to Indigenous People Day or solidarity with Indigenous Peoples Day. Um, One of the great organizations that's really... um, Sparing uh, campaign in schools is teaching for change and the Education Zen project. So I know this is a movement in schools by teachers and um, school districts and students, and it's beyond just the schools now. It's also about the towns. Yes, it is. Um,
2: just recently in Brattleboro, our Brattleboro Town School Board voted to adopt Indigenous Peoples Day. Um, last year, our governor um, adopted Indigenous Peoples Day, but unbeknownst to a lot of the general public, it was only for one year. Um, so, having this um, school board adopt it is not just for one year, um, it is for hopefully eternity. Um, and our new superintendent, Lyle Holiday, is, um, has already said that she is ready to um, make that happen. Already on the school calendar, it doesn't say anything, neither Columbus Day nor Indigenous Peoples Day. Um, But she is going to make sure that from now on, it will be Indigenous Peoples Day. That's great. Um,
3: And I know uh, several cities have officially changed um, from Berkeley, California, Seattle, Washington, Portland, Oregon, Denver, Colorado, Albuquerque, New Mexico, close to home here in Amherst and Northampton. Portland, Maine and Salt Lake City, Utah. So it's not just on the West Coast, East Coast, it's kind of everywhere at this point, the movement is growing. And I really do think it's because um, the consequences of Columbus is starting to become more and more clear to people that um, this is not a man that we want to be celebrating.
2: And if you are an educator, um, it, the website to go to is zinedproject.org. Um, that's for Howard Zinn, who's written numerous texts on this. Um,
3: it has a lot of resources for teachers who are interested. Mm-hmm. So we're going to go now to an interview with Corey Sorensen students in fourth grade at Guilford, f- sorry, fifth grade at Guilford.
5: My name is Corey Sorensen, and I'm a 4th and 5th grade teacher at Guilford Central School. I'm here with two fifth grade students, Zach Parent and Dominic Downing, and we're going to have a conversation about Indigenous Peoples Day. Zach, last year when we went to the State House, the class brought a bill and proposed it to the State House. What was that bill?
13: It was to change Columbus Day to Indigenous Peoples Day
5: permanently right Mm -hmm. and why is that important to you in the class
13: because he didn't really he just lied and killed and stole is all he did and if we change it to indigenous people's day maybe people start teaching the other side the people that were killed and had the land stolen from them
5: Dominic, what do you think about uh, changing Columbus Day to Indigenous Peoples Day?
13: Oh, I think we should because Columbus is basically a killer thief. And I think that people should have actually known the other side of the story earlier instead of having us tell them. Mm
5: -hmm. Uh, So whose history do you think that we're celebrating when we learn about Columbus Day?
13: The history of Columbus, that history, the conquest history, the evil history.
1: Okay.
13: Cause didn't really do much. He just stole, killed, and we only learn one side of the story. We should learn the both sides.
5: What do you envision that day, Indigenous People Day, being like?
13: I think it's the day where we celebrate Indigenous people. What do you think, Dom? I think we should celebrate Indigenous people that actually found the land before Columbus killed them. them.
5: Do you have any more thoughts or um, things that you want to share with the public of Brattleboro? Um... Well, no. Alright, there we Dom? You
13: uh, Should really take this into consideration and actually learn it for yourself and see if you can find anything on the um on a website or something that actually proves that he actually stole the land. Okay. And
1: try and
13: find it. Well, try and find both sides. So before you go saying One person, one side's better than the other. Try and learn both sides of the story.
5: Okay, thank you.
3: So, you're listening to Indigo Radio, Deepening Understanding, Making Connections. We are a group of educators seeking to learn through engaging with the world and the community around us. And today's show is about the legacy of colonization and changing. Columbus Day, abolishing Columbus Day and celebrating Indigenous Peoples Day. Thank you. I think um, hearing Corey's fifth graders
2: talk about what they've learned um, and just the last piece that they said, you should find out for yourselves, um, is very important. Um, We're not feeding a certain rhetoric, um, but we're allowing for learners to discover for themselves and make connections for themselves um
3: what this really means yeah and that does mean um mat- finding materials that um are not just about columbus and there's lots of materials out there that talk about um indigenous people and the way that people live and continue to live and Um, try to the struggle over land is still continuous today it Uh, is Becca do you want to talk about um, that piece of it as well yeah I mean it was interesting because I had students I asked them how do you think colonization is still with us today or what is the legacy and students on their own brainstormed um, that racism and the wealth inequality and the wars they thought were still connected to Columbus, and so I think um, the ch- the challenge is that Columbus is an iconic figure, both as someone who was a hero and someone who caused the devastation of communities and people. And um, but it's bigger than con- Columbus because what Columbus brought to the Americas was a a different paradigm or an economic order. Um, one from Europe that puts profit over the people's lives. And this has led to extreme wealth inequality, um, seeing that some people benefit off of the resources and the labor of people, and also that military force um, being used as a way to gain control of the land and resources um, and then seeing racism today as a way to divide people who should, or at one point do, did have common interests, um, common things that we all need for people to live happy and healthy lives. I just keep thinking about Puerto Rico,
2: um, and the history of Spanish, uh, invasion of Puerto Rico followed by, um, the U.S.'s takeover of Puerto Rico, even after promising, um, independence. Um, and after, um, taking over land and, um, creating sugar plantations. Um, it just, uh, there are so many connections that you can make right now. And it's, um, it's so sad. It makes
3: me want to cry. Mm, Yeah. And I think, um, what one of my students was saying earlier on in the show that uh, about having to dehumanize other humans to allow for those things to mm-hmm. happen, um, it she referred to it as um, seeing Native Americans as quote-unquote savages, mm-hmm. that there's a narrative that goes along with the continued expansion um, and that allows for people to justify what's happening. And I think that narrative exists... Um, that the attempts to justify the killing of unarmed black men um, in our society, the attempts to uh, justify the lack of response and aid to Puerto Rico. And right here at home, that narrative that indigenous people are something of the past allows us to, um, or attempts to make invisible the struggles that indigenous people are still having to maintain their land and to maintain their language and their education. Mm -hmm. So let's go to our last song break. And this song is, Hooray for the Riff Raff. I'm just trying to look up the name of the song. (laughs) Yeah, Rican Beach, thank you.
1: It's a solid price.
8: Programming on WVEW is underwritten in part by Everyone's Books. Located in downtown Brattleboro at 25 Elliott Street, Everyone's Books is a family-owned, independent bookstore that has been serving the community for over 30 years. They specialize in books about social change, the environment, politics, and travel, and offer a huge range of children's books. You can reach them by phone at 802-254-8160 or online via their website at everyonesbks.com. WVEW thanks Everyone's Books for their support of this station.
2: Everyone's Books is a great place to go to get some of these books that we've been reading in our Construction of Whiteness study group, like uh, Ronald Takaki, The Hidden Origins of Slavery, Howard Zinn's A People's History of the United States. Um, We love it as educators here
3: in town. Mm, yeah. <laughs> so you're listening to Indigo Radio on 107.7 FM, Brattleboro's community radio station. That was um, a song, Hooray for the Riff Raff, by, called Rican Beach. And Alinda Lee Sagarda, uh wrote this song. She's um, Puerto Rican, grew up in the Bronx. And it's about a fictional city, segregated and gentrified. And the lyrics, you can take my life, but don't take my home. Um, she's dedicating this song to the protesters currently standing um, to, or what was currently standing when the album was released, but still are today, um, to block the North Dakota Access Pipeline and the resistance at Standing Rock. And also in Pen- Penuelas, Puerto Rico, where coal ash waste is contaminated in drinking supply. So she's singing about um, literally toxic forms of community community displacement? Um, we'd like to
2: announce before we go that uh, this coming weekend, Friday night and Saturday all day at Marlborough Graduate Institute, um, we will be hosting a conference of sorts. Uh, Friday night is an event at the um, headroom stages uh, above everyone's books um, where we will be... Sorry. Sorry. Um, From 7 to 9 p.m., there will be a dramatic reading of the voices of working people. Um, Again, that's at Headroom Stages this coming Friday from 7 to 9 p.m. Saturday, all day from 9 a.m. until 3 p.m., we'll be uh, hosting a workshop called Social Justice in the Classroom. Um, The morning will be workshops given by elementary and high school teachers simultaneously, um, on issues of social justice. And then the afternoon will be, um, a session, w- uh, where we talk about bringing current events into the classroom and how to do that in, in different ways. Mm. Um, there will be, uh, credits
3: available as well as, um, yeah, you can both get a professional development certificate, but also, um, uh 15 hours of, which is one credit of graduate work uh, for people who are interested. And some of the workshops are gonna include uh, studying the Brattleboro cotton mill, using local history to meet social studies and writing standards, bringing people's history into the classroom through research and role play, teaching water justice through science, math, technology, from the massacre of Wounded Knee to Standing Rock connecting yesterday to today, salt to the earth about labor in the classroom, and bringing Palestine into the classroom. So it's a great array of different presentations that will occur and we hope many people can join us. And it is a free event.
2: Um, we will be providing some food um, and we encourage all educators to come. We think it'll be a really great time to come together um, and talk about these issues.
3: Yeah. So you've been listening to Indigo Radio on Brattleboro's community radio station, 107.7 FM. And um, today's show, we've been discussing the legacy of colonization, really meaning how does Europeans' um, expansion and attempts to take over throughout the Americas, Asia, and africa still impact our world today and we've also been talking about the movement to abolish columbus day and instead have a day of solidarity with indigenous peoples
2: and next week you'll be listening to Corey Sorensen and marisa nielsen talk about betsy devos and the uh, economics of her platform right now and how that is affecting children We are going to go out. Lauren is going to play us some Tom Petty. I won't back down, and we will see you next week.